Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm Kathy, hosting alongside Miranda. Welcome back, Miranda. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. As we shared last week, Miranda was on an island somewhere getting a tan. Mm-hmm. She looks very well rested. I, I think sunburn oh, is sun, more sunburn. appropriate. She's There's, glowing. It, it, I'm, Sun-kissed. I have a red. Sun-kissed. I love I, that. I look like Rudolph right now, but that's okay. <laughs> no, she's as beautiful as ever. Today, we are excited to be joined by Molly Westmoreland. Molly is a wife, a mom, a friend to so many, a leader, a member of Rolling Hills, um, and has so much wisdom to share on the topic of parenting. Molly, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Would you start us off by sharing a little bit about who you are? Tell us about your family. Yeah, so I'm married to Jeremy, and this year we will celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. Awesome. Um, which is super exciting. We moved to Franklin 18 years ago, so it's really all my kids have ever known is Franklin, Tennessee. We have three kids that are all in college, Sarah, Luke, and Nate, and this is kind of a monumental year for our family. We will no longer have a teenager. This is the year they all turn 20, 21, and 22. Wow. wow. So, Can we just pause there for a second? <laughs> I know. So I think it was one thing when they were all 18 and up and all adults, but now this mm-hmm. year they will all flip that that corner and we'll be no teenagers no more. Wow. That is incredible. New seasons, right? New New seasons. seasons. Mm -hmm. Empty nesters. That's what we are for the first time. So Molly, you and I are great friends. You've, Mm -hmm. you've met a lot to our family. Um, Can you just tell us how long you've been a part of the Rolling Hills family? And I know we could go on and on if I were to ask, where have you served? Because you've worn many hats and been in many different roles over the years. But where are you serving right now? Yeah, so we came to Rolling Hills in 2010. So we've been here quite a while. And as you said, we have gotten the blessing of experiencing lots of different ministries at Rolling Hills. I think currently right now my heart is um, being a small group leader for 10th grade girls. Um, And my husband and I have the chance to serve together on Sunday mornings um, at the family ministry desk. And we also have the opportunity to do marriage mentorship together. Mm. Yes. And I have to throw in here that um, my own daughter is part of Molly's small group. And so um, Molly gets to pour into our family more than she knows (laughs) all of the time. Such a blessing. And my daughter and I both agree that you have a way of just seeing people. And Mm. and we both have joked that you stare into our souls. Or stalk so, you. I mean, either way. Or stalk you. Exactly. Either way exactly. Either so, way however you want to take no, that. what you want. No, <laughs> That's <just> right. <laughs> um, Molly, what has been the most challenging parenting season for you? You know, I, I think every parenting season is challenging. I think it looks differently. Um, you know, when I had those three babies in three years, you know, young moms have such physical demands, right? Mm -hmm. Their kids have such physical demands and it's exhausting just trying to maintain what their basic physical needs are. And I think a lot of times for young moms, that feels very overwhelming and exhausting. I think as your kids grow, the physical demands kind of shift to emotional demands, right? Kind of helping them process big things in their world. And so I don't think I've ever had a parenting season, that's not challenging. I think it's looked 
different at different times for me. Um, I would love like this playbook that made it just the same for each of my kids, um, that every season it would just, this is what I can expect and this is how it's going to play out. And I think what I joke a lot that the Lord gave me three kids in three years because he needed me to be completely surrendered. And I needed that daily reminder of how much I needed his help in order to do this thing called parenting. Mm. So what I hear you saying is that there's not this moment where you say, hey, when they're 16, right. you know, they're just going to be, I'm not going to have any challenges. It's yes. going to be easy. Yes. But I will say this too. I think parenting is hard. It mm-hmm. is. It's not for the faint of heart, but sometimes I can hear us moms forget that there's great delight. Absolutely. Yes. There's great delight in every season Mm -hmm. alongside the heart of it. And so I think I just sometimes want to remind myself and other people, man, this is is a good gig. Mm -hmm. To be able to be a part of helping someone be who God's called them to be is an honor. Right. Mm So, okay, I want to ask you kind of a two-part question. And the question is this, what are your goals as a parent? Mm. But I kind of want to know, have your goals shifted now that your kids are adults? I think if if I could just make it really basic, I want to always point my kids back to Jesus. And that's not a Sunday school answer for me. That is just a I want them to understand he is the rock and the solution and the answer to how to navigate this life. Um, In that, part of it has been I want to raise emotionally aware kids, kids that can communicate greatly and all those things. And every year that builds into deeper ways. So has it shifted? Sure, because there's a season when they're growing up where you are more in the teaching and equipping mode. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in a coaching mode, Mm -hmm. right? Last night I was on the phone for a couple hours with one of mine processing something that they're walking through. And my role is to help them realize they have what it takes Hmm. to know what to do. That's good. I heard too, once your kids are step into even being married, then you step into like a consultant role, waiting for them to kind of ask you for your wisdom or for your advice. And so it's it's interesting how our role kind of changes. It does. Yeah, that's good. What seed planting mom. So we see that on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that mean to you to be a seed planting mom? I did not grow up in an environment where conversation or communication, it was kind of a hostile environment in our world. Um, and so when I got pregnant with Sarah, I felt very overwhelmed about how was how was I going to do this thing called being a mom? And I really felt overwhelmed with a lot of shoulds, but not really how to do it, right? All the things I should do, but like, okay, that's great, but that's just adding to my shame that I don't know how. And Sea Planning Mom really came out of a season of wrestling with the Lord of what do I want? And he kind of gave me a vision that when Sarah turned... 18, what did I want her to know and believe about her God and about herself? And then we kind of worked backwards. And so the funny part about seed planting mom, I am not a gardener, like truly no green thumb here. If you want to, if you want something to die, put it at my house and that will happen. So the fact that the Lord gave me that vision is really just, again, his sense of humor with me, but it resonates deeply with me. And I think for me, seed planting mom, Um, gave me a pathway 
to not be an overreactive parent who became a helicopter parent and tried to protect my kids from everything or shield them from everything or become um, just like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to not do anything. Mm -hmm. Seed Seed planting mom gave me a path, and that was this. When you go to do a garden, you research, right? You research, what do I want to put in this garden? Fruits or vegetables, and some things will need to be planted in the spring, and some things need to be planted in the fall, or they need this much light or this much water. And the Lord's like, Molly, you need to be thinking about what is it that you want your kids to know about me? And what do you think you need to do to equip them? So I had to research, what does that look like? Um, And then the next thing you prepare the soil, right? You don't just go out there and throw seed down and hope it happens. And I think a big part for my story as a seed planting mom was I had to sit in my own story, right? I had to sit in my own heart and my own hurt so that I didn't repeat those things when I went to go plant seeds with my kids. Um, A lot of times I ask moms, what makes soil richer? And the answer is manure. And and see, planting mom workshops, we call it crap, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord said, Molly, if you will let me use your crap, I can make your family soil richer. Mm-hmm. And so part of that preparing the soul, every time before I go to plant something, I have to sit and go, Lord, what? How do I need to prepare my heart so that I can help prepare their heart? And then you plant the seed, right? That's an intentional something, an intentional conversation about a topic And then you work the garden. And that's the hard part. I think that's where us moms can grow so weary is it requires watering the seed. It requires pulling the weeds that try to choke out that seed. It's sometimes putting up protective barriers so that critters don't get in your garden. Um, And it's a daily thing. And sometimes you get rid of one weed and another kind crops up. That's why I'm not a gardener in real life. Because there's nothing more frustrating to me to plant something, to go out and weed the garden, and two days later, the weeds are back. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what in the world? Mm -hmm. But yet that's what the Lord says. Molly, I'm calling you to faithfully work this garden, and there's always going to be something for you to be doing. And then comes the harvest. And I think the part about seed planting, Mom, for me, that the Lord showed me that has just helped sustain me through 20-plus years of parenting, is I'm not responsible for the harvest. It's the Lord's, Mm. right? My role is to faithfully work the field and the harvest is the Lord's and he will bring it when he is ready. That is such a great picture of um, our roles as parents and specifically of Mm -hmm. being a mom. Um, So this conversation is really timely because you recently um, facilitated a workshop to equip moms of daughters. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us the heart or the intention behind that? So when I first started writing for my kids, Sarah was probably about five years old, and I was really focused on my daughter because I felt I'm the mom, she's a girl, so that's my role is to own the girl piece. Um, And I started writing for Sarah, and it really, again, came out of a wrestling of, Lord, I feel so overwhelmed. I need a more manageable way to do this. And he began to give me those manageable ways, and that was one little topic at a time, right? And over time, building on that. Um, so that then I could take the next topic or we could expand on this topic that we had before. And so when I started writing, I never had intention of sharing it in any way with anybody. It was just my journey as a mom. And throughout the years, people would ask, what are you doing with your kids? And I would share with friends and they would borrow my stuff. And um, 
it really came to a point about five years ago that a group came to me and said, we really feel like the Lord has told us you need to take this in a more official way. And so five years ago, Seed Planning Mom was kind of officially in a more structured sense launched. Um, I'm not an expert. Seed Planning Mom, if you're coming to my workshop, you are not going to get expert advice. I don't have all the answers, but I feel deeply about encouraging you that God has handpicked you to be your child's mom. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you that you are the right one and that you can do it. And it is not about being perfect or doing it flawlessly. It is about being completely in and surrendered to the calling God has on your life. Were there things that you did different with your children because of their gender or do you think it was more because they were just different? I do think there's some stereotypical things that are different between boys and girls. And again, hear that word, that these are really generalizations. Mm-hmm. With my boys, when I went to go write for them, I realized, wow, we need activity. If I'm going to have a conversation with you, it needs to be built around an activity. And so their initial dates were much more action-oriented, Um, where we would go and do a rock climbing thing, and then there would be a lesson from that. I think same in the sense that it's little stepping blocks of trust, because by nature, I want to just talk. I want to talk to you. I want to data dump on you. I want to give you all the information. And I realized what the Lord was trying to show me is that's just talking to them, Mm. right? That's trying to control their behavior. It's not helping them understand their why. And so for me, it was taking little pieces that kept me focused and also built their trust. That every time mom said, we're going to go on a date, they weren't like, oh, great. (laughs) You know what I mean? That it was going to be a collaborative thing Mm -hmm. between us. Um, And I think the more we do that, the more that's just a natural thing in our home now, right? We don't, it's just a natural evolution of conversation that's been ongoing. Quick question. When you have your workshops, do you have workshops that are specific? Do you, do you focus on one girls and then do a separate one for boys or have you, do you do them together? How does that work? Great question. Um, currently, yes, there is a mom focused one and there's a boy focused one. And, and part of that was there are some differences Right. Mm-hmm. And I think some challenges as a boy mom and challenges of a girl mom, you're able to target that more. I think I also have done them separately because I think there's a lot of moms out there of moms of sons that were like me who minimized my role initially. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of having that again. Molly's in charge of Sarah because she's a girl, and Jeremy's in charge of Luke and Nate and all the hard topics there. Um, and I think I quickly began to understand my role in my son's life is significant. And I'm as passionate as ever about being a boy mom and how moms need to be actively having hard conversations with their sons so that they can be the kind of future husband and um, father that they need to be. Right. That's, that's really important. This next question kind of talks about Things that we should be addressing in the home, but I'm going to put mm-hmm. a little bit different spin on it. Um, I would like to to ask you from all the workshops you've done and all the things people you've talked to, what are some topics that should be addressed in the home that get skipped over a lot? Like if you had to point to 
those things that uh, we really need to be talking to our kids about that sometimes we just we don't for a variety of reasons. What is anything jumping out? Oh, wow. There's such a long list. <laughs> and that, I don't say that to make moms feel like kind of defeated or overwhelmed, but to say, again, our, we daily have endless opportunities of things we need to talk to about our kids. And I think things that get overlooked in the home are emotions, right? Being able to recognize what we're feeling and why we feel that way and what's the root of that and how to communicate about that are, are things that we just kind of skirt around or kind of exist um, that then leaves kids feeling like, I don't know what to do with this. And then, of course, there's topics of pornography and sex and addictions that are rampant that even even in the short time, you know, my kids are 20, 21 and 22 and 10 or 15 years look way different for the 10th grade girls that I am Mm -hmm. walking alongside of now than when it did for Mm -hmm. my kids. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just it is it is endless. I think the hard topics are the ones that people don't have all the answers to. And I want to encourage you, you don't have to have all the answers to, but your kids need to know that you're willing to walk through it with them as together you learn Mm -hmm. what some of those answers are. And too often times people don't know, so they just avoid it. And then these topics become hush-hush in the church. It's one of my beefs, as again, generalization with the church. The whole topic of sex Mm -hmm. is always, it's not necessarily negatively talked about, but it not being talked about in a positive way implies that there's some reason why it should be hush hush. Sure. And instead, just in Sunday night in our small group girl for tenth grade girl, something came up about sex. And I was like, Great, let's talk about it. And they were like, Miss Molly, we don't talk about that. And I'm like, Yes, we do. Right. Yes, we do. Because it's a good thing. Sex is a good gift from God. And it has boundaries and things that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. But even that immediate response for them, right, was like this immediate embarrassment Mm -hmm. um, because it's not talked about. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know I have certainly been guilty of if something is awkward or hard or I don't know how to address it, Mm -hmm. just don't. We just don't address it. And then our kids are getting information. They're hearing hearing it from other sources, right? So I think that's the other part that is a continual challenge for parents now. Kids' accessibility to information Mm -hmm. is overwhelming, right? They have an iPad, they have a phone, they have a computer, they have other friends who have an iPhone, an iPad or a computer, Mm -hmm. and their curiosity sends them to go look for answers, especially if we are not stepping in ahead of that. I hear countless kids and teenagers say to me, my parents say, I can talk to them about anything, but my parents never talk to me about hard things. Mm-hmm. So again, the, the underlying implication there is there's some things that are just too hard, too big for us to talk through. I'd rather initiate that conversation and we figure it out together than have my kids feel fearful or embarrassed that they couldn't come to me about X, Y, Z. I'm thinking back when... The three of us are generally about the same age. And mm. when it was appropriate back when we were younger to, to hit some of these topics, and some of these topics weren't even, there was no need for discussion that kids are exposed to today, sure. right? Sure. But that timeline is very different now because just like you mentioned, the access that they have to things, 
um, what's talked about um, wherever, at school, at church, wherever kids are, you know, in contact with anyone else. So they're getting this information much sooner than they were mm-hmm. in generations prior, and they're getting it prior to when they're ready. You know, they're getting information that's way more mature, right, Absolutely. farther ahead than what they should ever be exposed to, but they're being exposed to it. So how do we then know when to step into these conversations when we wouldn't have normally stepped into them because it wasn't appropriate for that particular age. Sooner than later. Sooner than later. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to be the answer across yeah. the board about everything. It's going to be sooner than what you would have anticipated. But that can also start in littler ways. I think sometimes when we, so let's take the whole sex, pornography, that whole just mm-hmm. kind of bucket. You can start having conversations with kids about their bodies earlier on. So then they're comfortable talking about their bodies and that's familiar language. And then you can build on that physical touch and contact and what's that appropriate and not appropriate. And you can start to build on, again, not all information has to happen at one time. The conversation gets started, right? That initial seed gets planted and then you build on it. And so I think sometimes we... We feel like we have to tackle it all at once. And I would kind of offer a different thought about that, is that we we start the conversation and then we see where it's going. Because oftentimes if we will start that conversation, their curiosity is curbed and therefore they're not as likely to go seek at other places. Mm-hmm. Or if they come across new information, you've already created a safe space that we talk about those things, right? And so that they can come back and check in, you know, with our with boys in middle school, we would often say, "What what's a word you learned in the locker room today? Mm. Right? Just those types of questions that says, I know you're experiencing this, so I'm just going to ask about it. And then we're going to talk about whatever that word is or that concept or the fact that you were exposed to pornography at school today. So I think the other part I would say about the when and how much, the Holy Spirit. I think us as moms can be fearful about what to say or how much to say, especially if there's parts of our story that we're not super excited to share with our kids. It's asking the Holy Spirit, how much right now? Because I'm not a fan of lying or, or keeping your story from your kids, but I do think there are times that are appropriate to share those parts of your story, right? And what you would share with an eight-year-old may not be the same as what you share with an 18-year-old. So the Holy Spirit. I was in, this was years ago, I was riding in a car with a friend and her daughter was in the car and her daughter was probably fourth or fifth grade at the time. And she brought up a phrase that she heard from school and she said, mommy, what does this mean? And I remember in that moment thinking, <laughs> I'm I glad don't know she's what, getting asked. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I don't know how I would answer this question. And her mom just so calmly, she didn't act like she didn't shame her. She didn't act shocked. She didn't say, we don't say that. And yep. she stepped into the conversation and talked about why that wasn't appropriate, but gave her enough information about what it was. And I was like, wow, yes. she just opened up the door or continued to keep yes. that door open. Like her daughter went to her to ask her that question instead of other people. I was like, I want to be that mom. Yes, mm-hmm. I want to be, be that mom. Yeah. Right. I want to be that mom that when my kids share something they did or a friend did or they ask about something that I'm not ready for, I always think to myself, seed planting mom face, which is calm, neutral, mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. calm, neutral. Okay. 
Well, let's talk let's about talk that. Let's talk about that. Okay, tell me more of what you think about that mm-hmm. or what you know. And I call it fix your face. That's your fix your face. Fix your That's face. Good. But That's it good. is a big thing, yeah. right? And and we are going to have moments when we don't step into that graciously. Mm-hmm. But hear this. There is such power in coming back to our kids and saying, hey, when you brought up XYZ the other day, I need a redo. I need a redo. It caught me off guard. Can we talk about it again? Right. You have one chance and that's it. Right. Um, There's power in being able to come back and say, hey, I need a redo on that. Because my face wasn't fixed. (laughs) (laughs) And my words were really big. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember that. Okay. For our listeners out there who are moms or maybe they want to be a mom in the future, um, we've talked about some of these already. Anything mm-hmm. else that you think that's important as we think about stepping into these conversations? And I hear moms already who are pregnant or don't even have kids yet. They're like, how am I going to talk about that with them one day? I'm like, right. I'm, so glad you're, I, I'm so glad you're thinking about that and now. I, I think this is even important for aunts and, oh, and grandmas absolutely. and just absolutely. anyone that's pouring into leaders, the lives yeah, of sons leaders, and daughters. For you sure. know? I hate to sound like a repeated record. It's not a one and done, right? I think so many times we want to go, check, I had the sex talk. Check, uh, we talked about pornography. Check, we talked about anger today. And recognizing, no, that's the plant the seed. And remember back to the part that's what's so exhausting about parenting is it's working the garden every day and saying, what do I need to water? What's going well? What are they seem to be embracing that I'm going to water and what, what do we need to revisit? Because I need to pull out some weeds that are just lies that are trying to choke out that seed of truth. And there are seasons. What do I need to put around you that's a little more protection? Because you're in a tender place right now. And I can't stay in any of those places only, right? I need that whole thing. So I think recognizing that it's not one and done. I do love hearing moms that are already wrestling. Because I tell you that we see patterns. I think all of us can look at our own families and see where we repeat patterns, unhealthy patterns. Not because we went, oh, that was so great in my family. I want to do that again. But because we default to what we know unless we are intentionally working to do different. And that is where we, again, have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, bring your light to shed your truth, your light on what I need, where I need your healing, where I need your peace where I need your truth to help me know how to do different. And so I love that the wrestling starts early because, again, if we're not preparing our soul, it's hard for the harvest to come. And I think, you know, we we could sit here for four hours, four mm-hmm. days and talk about mm-hmm. parenting because there it just there's so many nuances with ages and gender and and all the things yeah Kathy mentioned earlier before we got on that she's an introvert you got introverts and extroverts and I mean you have all these different types of kids and yourself yep so I appreciate you just giving us a high level overview um and one thing that I just want to say to knowing you as well as I do um not only are you a seed planting mom but you're a seed planting wife and a seed planting friend and a seed planting group leader and Mm -hmm. you are planting those seeds wherever you go Mm -hmm. so um that's an inspiration i think for for all of us as women just whoever we are around um to take those opportunities to be 
intentional to to mm-hmm. see people even if you're staring into their soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Molly Westmoreland, what do you want your legacy to be? Wow, that's not a hard question. <laughs> um, I do think we, we talk with our kids a lot. Jeremy and I both came from divorced families and just a lot of a lot of hard, hard, unhealthy things that I think a lot of people, here's the thing, no matter what our stories are, we all have things. Mm-hmm. And we've worked really hard individually and as a couple to make our marriage and our family different than what we necessarily experienced growing up. And we talked to our kids about how we have picked up the stone and we've moved it closer to the cross. And our goal for our kids is that they would pick it up again mm. and move it closer and um, I want my legacy to be that my kids knew I loved with my whole heart mm. and that I thought they were worth all the hard and all the good. And that Jeremy and I one day will be able to look back and see um, grandkids and great grandkids who know the Lord mm-hmm. and who, um, who recognize that we're not ever going to arrive, but that the journey with the Lord is always worth it. Amen. <laughs> that's that's great. So, Molly, if you don't mind, uh, we'd like to pray for you, and then we Please. will we will wrap up here. <laughs> Father, I just thank you so much for who you are and for your gift of the Holy Spirit that you give us that can guide us so intentionally when we are parenting, um, when we are trying to shine your light as we go about our day. And I just lift Molly up to you right now, Lord. I, I thank you for the gifts that you have given her, the her willingness to share those with others. I thank you for her intentionality and just the seeds that she's planting everywhere that she goes. Lord, I pray for moms specifically uh, today. I pray that they would follow you and that they would continue to grow and learn how to point their their children to you. And I just thank you for this time together today and this important conversation. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Molly, thank you so much for being here today. Ladies, thank you for listening to season four of As You Go. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. As You Go podcast is part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.